I'm Andy. And I'm Jessica. And this is The Coop. You're listening to The Coop Homeschool Podcast. This is your podcast for community, humility, and joyful fun in homeschooling. This is episode 30, The Brave Learner. It's The Brave Learner today. Yes. We are going to be uh, reviewing this book a little bit, talking about some of our favorite nuggets, Mm -hmm. and hopefully give you some inspiring things to go home with. Yes. So let's start with our scoop on the coop. Okay. Um, I'll go. Okay. So we moved to a new place and we unpacked most of everything pretty quickly, except for my office and sort of my things, which means all of my teaching stuff. So I was unpacking that yesterday and I came across all my preschool curriculum stuff. Yeah. And so it was just really sweet. I had all those wipe off books and tracing things. And I was like, oh, I used Nostalgia. And then should I have that out now? And then I started having to think like, okay, he just had his third birthday. And then I was like, oh. I can still relax. It's just here. And yeah. seeing it and knowing that it's there was just kind of exciting. And to start thinking about the things that he'll show his readiness for and that I have for him when he does. You know, so right now he likes to set up pretend workstations on his desk. And that's great. Or play cars or trains while um, his big sister is doing her work. But he knows how to keep himself occupied. Yeah. 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 So one day he'll want to do book work maybe and I'll have that. Yeah. Fun. It's so nice when you have the stuff already there. Yeah. And I forgot all about it. Yeah. Fun. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, um, we've been setting up my kids website. Yes. So it's kids, etc. And it's, um, uh, we bought it for them for Christmas. Right. So finally, uh, logged in and, um, uh, started built uh, my daughter, my eight year old, especially Mm -hmm. started building her web pages and she's very excited about that. And she's we, so we've been editing her books that she's written mm-hmm. on Canva, and she's been uploading those. So That's awesome. So yeah, it's not live or anything now, but uh, I said you need to have like the site pretty much put together yeah. before it will go live, and then we'll blast it. Right. That's super so, exciting. Yeah, and now my daughter Maisie is now making her videos. She's made a couple, and then she has a whole list of 12 more ideas that she's going to be doing. So it's just fun. Like We're moving forward with their interests in that. So Yeah. Super awesome. All right, so let's go to The Brave Learner by Julie Bogart. The Brave Learner, finding everyday magic in homeschool, learning, and life. So um, just a quick overview first, and then we'll jump into some of our nuggets. So what I love about her first line, or her first quote in the book, is by Dorothy from The Wizard (laughs) of Oz, There's no place like home. That's awesome. And that is basically her message in the book. There's no place like home. And and to make your home that, Mm -hmm. that it's a no place like home place to be. And so um, making room for surprise and mystery and adventure and having an an enchanted time together. So um, the author is homeschooled her five kids Mm -hmm. and they're now all grown. And, um, I kind of see her as like a mentor mom. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. one from a book. Right. And that's basically, basically what this is. It's not like she has like a PhD and has done a bunch of studies. It's, it's just like the rest of us. Right. She's, she's no different except that she's done it already. Right. So she has some tried and true methods, some Mm -hmm. fails that she realized, oh, we got to go a different direction. And she talks about all that in here. Yeah. So the foreword is done by someone we both love. Yes. Susan Wise Bauer, who wrote Story of the World, and um, and Well-Trained Mind, yes. which is a book I've been wanting to read. And um, right. She's a big advocate of classical education. Yeah. And um, she, I'll just quote from, from her introduction. She says, we can't create a love for education. And what we need is to do as parents is to adopt conditions for that magical eruption of passion to occur. Hmm. So um, she says she wishes she had this book when she was homeschooling right. and raising her kids, but they had kids at the same time. Right. You know, yeah, so they're more like peers. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
said this is basically a primer on how to be present in the moment, how to find the immediate joys of life and in the midst of our daily labors. And so um, I, I love it when other names you know mm-hmm. like the book too yeah. and have good things to say about it. And even Wild and Free has a good review on it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely within the lines of, of people we like. Yes. And um, this book blew up all over Instagram like a year ago or mm-hmm. maybe two years ago now year and a half ago. Yeah. And I remember seeing it, everyone was posting about it. So I was like, I have to get this book. So I ordered it through our school because our school charter will, will, will give us teacher development. And um, took me about probably like eight months to read it. Right. But you took it everywhere. I took it everywhere. Everywhere. Honey. Yeah. There's even a tears in the front cover because I was at the beach and when I went on a walk with the kids and came back, the birds had been snipping at the book. Isn't that weird? Oh, that's really weird. They were covering our stuff and they were on the book. Gross. And the book was like laid open. I mean, this has been thrashed. Well used. Yeah, and yeah, yeah well used. And then I underline every page. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's kind of funny. Um, but so I've I've done it in little bits and pieces, but mm-hmm. since all the chat there's so many little chapters and, and segments, you can easily read through it. Um, you know, a couple minutes every night and then eventually get through the book. And then yeah. you read it. Yeah, I did it the audio version. So I borrowed it from the library because I have my own copy, hard copy as well, but I'm much better at being able to get through books when I can listen to the audio version. So totally. I borrowed that from the library. Um, so I only had 14 days to listen to it because it was in high demand. So once I, it was my turn and I had it, I was powering through it. Oh, totally. and so yeah. I read mine all at once but it was near the very end of your reading of it. Yeah. So we kind of ended up finishing the books at, at the, the same, same time. time. Well, and what I love about, um, what I'm really realizing I love about doing the audiobook is yes, you get it done faster, but also you get it more in like um, cohesive reading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whereas when you spread it out over eight months, it's like, wait, what did she say four months ago? Right. You know, I so know you, I liked it, but. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. So it's really nice if you can do something like that and mm-hmm. get it, in and, and see her overall vision and everything yes. that she's saying. You yeah. see the parts for what they are. And, right. Um, so, um, okay. So there's a, there's a introduction quote by Hans Christian Andersen. The whole world is a series of miracles, but we are so used to them that we call them ordinary things. Mm-hmm. And that is basically the theme of her book. Right. You know, let's turn the ordinary into magic. Right. And let's see things that are there for real and not just pass by them. Like yes. the driftwood in the, at the beach, like I've been collecting driftwood at the beach because I'm like, this could be an art project, but I used to just walk by it. Right. And I mean, this book didn't make me do that, but, but I mean, now that I have kids, I am seeing things differently. And that's, what's awesome about having kids, but then also homeschooling. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure you pick up stuff and save stuff. Like you've said, I can't get rid of any craft stuff. Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure that that makes it very magical necessarily, That's right, yeah. but when the right thing occurs, you know, I've got stuff for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we tend to save things that were magical to us. So depending on how they came to us, like I think my mind just sees it different, you know? So what I see is that ended up being a magical thing that we just did. Yeah. And then, you know, I am more likely to save something to remind us of that. Yeah. Yeah. And just being present, you know, it talks yeah. a lot about that. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and she talks a lot about a paradigm shift yes. um, to find um, experience, joy, in the experience, to find joy and peace and progress and um, just change the way we see things. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, oh, the reason, I, I, you know how like when there's a TV show and they say their, their actual name in the TV show, it's mm-hmm. like, a, or, like there was yeah. some, some word you use, right? Right. So um, she actually said the brave learner in the book and it was she was saying the reason it's brave learner right. it's it is because it takes courage to trust the natural learning process mm. to not just force things yes. to into your kids minds in order to check things off the right. list but being brave and right. just trusting trusting your instinct trusting that in their hours of free time they're learning Exactly. And we've talked about that so much throughout Mm -hmm. the podcast because it's something that we firmly believe. And so this book was very refreshing and reassuring in that regard Mm -hmm. that we 
it's okay to tune out the other things that take away from that because learning is natural Mm -hmm. and it's something your children are going to do if you let them have the space to do it. And so then she's saying, let's, let's take that one step up, you know, be brave enough to set up this magical experience for them to learn in. Yeah. You know? Well, the coffee table. So yeah. that brings up the coffee table. So she, she has, what I love is all the lists and ideas example and, after example yeah, yeah. Um, that, that, you know, um, make the vision a reality. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just read you some of the items from her potpourri. Am I saying that right? Potpourri. Potpourri. <laughs> That's how I I'm not good with learned words. it my whole yeah, life. Yeah. Her potpourri <laughs> of possible coffee table items. So she says, the kids go to bed, and if you have like a coffee table or whatever, right. set it up with some of these things that they don't normally have access to or whatever. So art supplies, abacus, calculator, Lego kit, blocks, picture books, puppets, tangrams, tangrams, I guess they're called, a board game, a video game, uh, pickup sticks, jacks, a deck of cards, felt scissors, embroidery floss, brain teasers, potty mix clay, um, puzzles, origami, maps, stickers, poetry, a Rubik's cube, and there's more, yarn and knitting needles, and just things that might pique their um, curiosity. Yeah. So, um, so like just, that's just one page, right? You know, and I love that suggestion. It's so brilliant and it's an easy thing to do, you know, so it's very doable. She's not giving you this list of stuff that seems hard or you have to even go shopping for, Right. but like you might have half that stuff sitting in boxes somewhere yeah, exactly. or it's buried at the bottom of a toy box. Why not get it out? Yeah. And yeah, let your kids kind of come to it if they want to, you know, the, the coffee table in general, that specific example is very non-confrontational. Yeah. You know, you're not asking them to go to it, but if it piques their interest, go over. Yeah. I mean, I went to an unschooler, um, one of the conferences I went to and it was an unschooler one. And, um, in one of the sessions they were saying they set up the room at night Mm -hmm. with like five areas of things that they want the kids to explore. So then they can have conversations about it and it's there for them. And then when right. they're doing their read aloud or whatever, the kids will move in those directions or yeah. the mom will be sleeping in and they know I can do all this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and they cycle it out and in right. like how we used to do Christmas gifts when they were little, right? right. You know, like, Oh, you don't need all these. Well, we're going to put these in the garage, you know? Right. So, um, um, so there's lots of lists and ideas like that, that I really liked and, um, turn my page here. Um, she talks a lot about enchantment. Yes. So enchantment bathes all sort of learning in the traditional and in the passion. So being curious, finding the magic mm-hmm. in, you know, in mundane, yeah. you know, and she, uh, says everything can talk, be, everything can be taught through anything. So, and we, as you know, homegrown would say the same thing, right? So, right. The book by Ben Hewitt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anything can be taught through them being out in the woods. Yeah. Or through, you know, uh, studying a country. You can teach all sorts of things through that. So it's just more of the reiteration of all that. Um, and just having a heightened awareness. Yes. Okay. So I want to just mention one of my favorite nuggets. It's hailing. Oh yeah, I thought that was like crumbling paper. Me too. I was that's why in I'm my wearing kitchen. my beanie and my yes. um, poof poofy vest. It's a good thing we're t- discussing the brave learner because well, you I had was to brave. brave the weather. I today. did. I had yeah. to. I literally Our SoCal storm. <laughs> yeah, I literally had hail covering my car and had yeah. to ask the spouse, "Do you think it's safe to drive?" And he was like, right. "Yes." <laughs> You don't need chains on your car. You'll be okay. <laughs> Am I going to slide off the road? Yeah. So, but that's why I'm dressed for uh, winter weather here. Yes. Okay. So, oh, before I give my nugget. Yes. One of the things she does mention, which I think is really cool, is the continent of learning. Oh, yeah. So she um, talks about how, you know, you take their interest and you, um, I'm just going to look it up right now so I can give her example, the way she presented it. So you think of one of their interests and you design everything around it, just like we would do a theme day or a unit, but it's like all year. So she gives example of like a piano and it looks like a cluster diagram basically. So Mm -hmm. you have a a giant circle with piano in it and then all these other circles connected. So for, they love the piano, then you, for history, 
you would do the history of the instrument, composer biographies, genres of music, and um, an in, like an inventor. Right. Um, for science, you might study sound and vibration, the physics mm -hmm. of the keys and pedals, and for biology, um, Beethoven being deaf. Right. So, and and there, those are just two of the circles, the cluster circles, and there's like 15 here. Right. For all the different subjects, you know, you can teach timeline and and um, geography and right. sociology and math and all that through the lens of the piano. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was a neat idea for um, those who have kids with like really big passions. Right. And it does take work. Like just knowing for me, I don't know that I'm gonna sit down and do all that work. Now, if there was like some kind of curriculum that was all based about model trains, right. I'd be like sold, Right. you know? Done. But there isn't. So, you know, there might be a unit study, but not sure. something I can approach Robust. the whole year. So yeah. I would definitely would have to have a big, and the thing is, that's just one of my kids. So the challenge comes to, if you're going to do that, like, are you going to, am I going to have my other kids go through in our one room schoolhouse, learn everything through the lens of a model right. train? Right. So it'd be nice to find a passion all three of them have and, right. and try something like that. But anyways, I thought the, the term continent of learning was a really cool that's idea. Great. Okay, now to the nuggets. Okay. So um, I would say I loved her whole thing about setting the scene. So at the end of every chapter, she said like stage the home. But um, so in essence, it's kind of like that. But this is more like, um, how do you say that word? Higgy? 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 H-Y-G-G-E. It's Danish practice of coziness. Right. And, and, and I think it's mentioned in Homegrown as well. Right. Um, so... So the idea is creating the environment in the home um, with regards to light and color, fragrance, food, cuddling, mm -hmm. you know. Um, so light and color, candles, lamps, uh, twinkle lights, tea lights, um, fragrance and sound would be like if you are making cookies or light a candle or use your oils and right. music. And then for a sound, music from favorite movies or nature sounds, food, warm tea, Dried fruit. One she mentions giving the kids one square of chocolate. That would be mad. And, and something right. that you really want to like right. have this magical moment. Everybody gets one. My kids would like die to get one square of chocolate. You know. Totally. So um, and then like cuddling. You know, have the mountains of p p pillows. You know that you can sit on them with. I prefer like my bed. And right. They love my bed. My room, my bedroom actually looks like a, a boutique hotel. Right. Since we redid it. Right. And they say that. They're like, I love that it looks like a hotel in here. And I was like, that was the goal. Like right. nothing else around except like the furniture and one thing, right? And their rooms are cluttered with all these toys and stuff. So they love to come in my room yeah. and cuddle on the bed. That's sweet. And you know, we're reading Diary Wimpy Kid right now. Oh, oh yes. so yeah. So that was a, a a nugget that I really liked. Yeah. Um, should I go on to the second nugget or do you want to, why don't you go on? Cause okay. it's more consecutive. So okay. for anyone who wants to read this book or who's reading it, you know, this okay. will be kind yeah. of in consecutive order. And right after she talks about that, right. then she goes into poetry tea time. Yes. So, um, we've done a number of poetry tea times and I first learned about it from the brave learner. Mm -hmm. It has blown up all over Instagram, oh, especially yes. last year, but mm -hmm. I wonder if it all came from the brave learner or if it was just like. She, she has a book on it called like, um, did I write down? Yeah. The poetry tea time companion. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure what that book entails, but, um, I saw people were buying that one as well. Right. So what I did was I followed her, um, list of ideas and said no academics whatsoever. So I did try that the first time and it didn't work. It got boring. They're waiting for their tea cause I'm teaching them. I made a little activity book about Shel Silverstein and it's like, oh, I should have done that in the morning. And then right. for poetry tea time, their daddy was joining us, mm -hmm. you know, like, and it was like before we were going to have dinner. So, um, but anyways, we've done it numerous times since. And we always do Shel Silverstein. You just put a bunch of books on the table and you say, pick some poems or pick one poem and we're going to read aloud. Yeah. And uh, Shel Silverstein is definitely the preference versus like mm -hmm. nursery rhymes. And sure. I have been buying up poetry books from, uh, used bookstores. Nice. Like the one in downtown. Yeah. Um, but, um, that's like never held interest for them. So, yeah. um, so we do Shel Silverstein. It's hilarious. That's awesome. And, but you can do any kind of theme, sure. you know, you could, especially as they get older, you can right. choose a theme and, or just keep it a free for all. And, um, something I did add that is academic, but they don't know 
is they were so excited we made the mason jars of each mm. parts of speech and they put their little right. words in it. So they love, like, I, we have each of us draw out of each of the parts of speech, and then you have to use those words to make a poem. They love that challenge. That's cute. And they come out really funny, and you just do it right there off the cuff. Like, you don't go and right. write it all out. You just are like, okay, I'm, I'm forming the thoughts in my mind. So, yeah, so um, and they want to keep going with that. And Marcus and I are usually like, oh, we each did one. We're good. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, um. She talks about in her book where her kids went on to college, brought it into college with them, so and it funny. was a regular thing. They're making their friends do it. They, yeah, yeah, I know. It's it's like it's it's such a neat thing to yeah. know. And for her, for the author to know, like, wow, that was such a magical moment that they are replicating that even when they leave home. Like, yeah. how cool if there's something that we can do in our home that they want to repeat with their friends or their future families. Yeah. So, um, so those are my two. Um, biggest nuggets I think that I um, brought home with me. I yeah. mean, of course, all the list and everything help, helps me too and, and refocuses me and re reminds me. But right. what about you? So I really liked towards the end of the book, she really gets into what she calls um, breaking the spell and rekindling the magic. Mm. And so she really kind of touches on some of the things that tend to take away that magic and um, the things that we often need to reframe in our minds, but be aware of always. And so um, I liked her um, quote at the beginning of part four as well by John Bradshaw from Healing mm -hmm. the Shame That Binds You. I actually read a book by him in my Masters of Ed oh. called The Family, and yeah. I, I loved it. Yes. Yeah. To truly be committed to a life of honesty, love, and discipline, we must be willing to commit ourselves to reality. And so in the beginning of part four, she goes on to tell the story about this woman who kind of came out and shared this really big kind of secret of hers, which she was a hoarder. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. In her house, Aww. like there was no space to do a math worksheet, but she was, you know, desperately wanting to homeschool and... You know, um, she had come, this woman had come to um, Julie because she wanted to take her writing course, hmm. thinking it would just change her life. Like if she could just do this next thing, you know, oh. and so Julie ended up having to talk to her and say like, well, first we need to face your reality. And your reality is that your sadness is living in your house through these, the, this clutter and all this stuff. And so... You need to process that. And mm -hmm. so it's just a big example of to be aware of what your reality is because if you try to plan for stuff that you can't accomplish, you're not going to get there. Right. You know, and so to be realistic about what you can do or what you need to fix in order to do that. And so then in this first chapter in part four, she's talking about um, education is an atmosphere, which is something she pulled from Charlotte Mason. Mm -hmm. And... Education is an atmosphere. It's not a house. Mm -hmm. So you have to create an atmosphere where your kids can learn, and that's really important. And she talks about saying um, how children feel at home has everything to do with how well they're educated. So if your home isn't conducive to learning or doesn't feel safe and um, or you know a place where they can explore, they might not get the education that you're dreaming of for them. Right. And so you need to see what's in front of you and be mm -hmm. realistic, you know? So instead of, you know, so I think it's a great way to end all of this talk she has about magic because that alone is not going to save you. Right. You know, if that has inspired you to go and completely change everything you do in homeschooling, be careful because if you aren't rooted in reality and can't see these other kinds of things that take away that atmosphere of learning, then perhaps that's what you need to focus on first and then you can invite in the magic. And so I think it's just a really big, conversation she has at the end and mm -hmm. kind of a grounding moment, you know? Yeah, no. And uh, a lot of the, I don't know if I want to say problem, but a lot of the change that needs to happen is not necessarily, you know, how much stuff we have or whatever. Oh, sure. It's ourselves. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, that's what they say in all marriage seminars and everything, right? Like look, look at, at yourself, yourself first, <laughs> right? So, um, so it's, like our limitations, our impatience, you know, and even right. just today, right. we're studying the world and we're traveling the world. I set up all these cute little flags. I have all the books oh, out. Oh, so cute. Yeah. yeah. And, but here's the thing, like I plan too much. It's too much. So we didn't even finish because I had 
stories about princesses, stories about knights I had, um, stories about monuments, all just for the one thing we were doing today. Right, just you know? for today. Yeah, and then finally I was like, oh, well, we barely got to latitude because that was like, that was actually the lesson in the Kiwi Crate. Right. Or the Atlas Crate. So, um, so I'm like, well, we'll just have to finish it tomorrow and then do Sweden too, you know? So, um, so just, you know, having too much, even like that, because that right. was me trying to push them through it to get through it instead of just being like, because they were like, oh, I wish we could each have a globe. I'm like, well, you don't. Let's let's move on. We're putting together this globe one right. at a time. You know, we're rotating who gets to do it because I only did one right. person's worth. And 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 I knew I was doing this when I was doing it, but I knew I was under a time constraint. So I was just like, ah. And she even says that in here at some point. She was just like, um, you know, when you want to do these special things, like make sure it's not a day they have any sports or dance or totally. or you don't have a doctor's appointment or. Do it on a day there's no limitations, and then yeah. you can just truly be present. And yes. I I knew exactly when it was happening that I was not present, that I was trying to get through it. And so I'm like, okay, tomorrow I'm not gonna do that. Right. And it'll be fine. You know, it'll be a great day. So so as long as like I feel like as long as I'm willing to be humble and you you know, look at like where I'm feeling in a day, you right. know, even within that day then I can, I can still create what I want to create the next day. It's right. never too late right. to start over and, 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 and work on yourself. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's important to remember that the atmosphere that we create, whether it's our stuff or ourselves, that's most of the work. Yeah. And so how can there be magic there if we are taking away from that magic, you know, by the atmosphere we're creating. Right. And so it's big because no matter what the content is, if we're sucking some of the magic out, right. the content alone isn't yeah. going to do it. That's yeah. not what our kids care about. Yeah, and I, I made this whole cute thing, so I'm like, okay, I, I still have a whole week of this. Right. You know, and nobody was, like, crying or anything like no, that, no, but no. it was just, like, I could tell we weren't all enjoying it. Right. It was more like, okay, now you put the sticker on the globe for your continent. You know, it wasn't like, oh, look, we have this cute little heart to put where we live. It was like, right. the, the heart goes here, you know. Right. Keep it moving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so just being present and all that. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anything else regarding that? Nope. Okay. And then, um, um, just like, I love that you brought in the end of the book mm -hmm. and, um, there's, um, uh, oh, she has a, a checklist for educational materials that when you do get it to make sure it fits you. Yes. So I really like that too. Mm -hmm. Like fitting you and fitting your kids. Cause just because like you're doing something doesn't mean it fits for me. And just because I'm doing this, yeah. it won't fit you. And then it might not fit, it might fit you, but it might not fit your kids. So there's right. so many variables, so many things to look at. And I love that she points that out. Like, like here's a checklist to make sure it works for you, you know? Right. So she has this, um, um, oh, she has this really weird thing that she says. <laughs> I love weird things. Yeah. And that it kind of threw me for a loop. I have to say, um, so she talks about how it's really great if your kids, well, let's, let me just read it to you. Yes. Okay. This is on page 240 when being a family hurts. Homeschooling thrives when kids live a life they take for granted. So naturally secure that they don't know how good they have it. Yeah. I remember rewinding that a few times. Yeah. Cause I was like, at first it struck me. Well, right. how did it strike, struck you? I wasn't sure I heard it right. Yeah. You know, but it, it, then I, I just listened to the actual words and what that means. Yeah. And then, yeah, give them a life that's so sweet and awesome that they do take it for granted, you know, know. and that, that they don't realize, you know, because we talk about that all the time, my husband and I, and, you know, we talk about like, oh, geez, you know, she doesn't know this or, you know, she has no idea how good she has it, but that's okay. That's what we want. Right. And, and, and so ditto on all that, you yeah. know, it's just like, I, I never even thought of it like that. Like how awesome if our kids have such a great life that they take it for granted and, right. and, and hopefully it doesn't make them selfish or narcissists sure, or anything yeah. like that. But, but that's the dream. That's living the dream. Yeah. I never even thought about it like that. So I love, I love it when, whether it's movies or documentaries or books, right. you know, or podcasts, yeah. you know, flip it around right. like that. So what's really funny is your kids and you were over here the other week and, um, 
we live right behind a school. Oh, yeah. This is awesome. And these kids, I mean, it's the middle of the day. They're at my house having a play date. The girls did their ukulele lesson, you know, so there's been learning involved. Your kids did some school before they came over or something. Probably. And, um... They probably played games together, too. Sure, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they definitely did. My husband was teaching oh, yeah, them a game. Oh, yeah, we taught them a whole new game. Yeah, a strategy yeah. game. Yeah. It's pretty cool. But your son was super, like, enamored at the children at recess. <laughs> like, they were, like, a spectacle to watch. You know what I mean? Like, what are those children doing behind those bars over there? You know? And it was just hilarious because... They, I think that they do know how good they have it. You know, sometimes they know, like, oh, that's interesting. They yeah. have scheduled times that they go up and to then play. Didn't he come in and he was like, okay, so I saw two kids yeah. playing outside together for about forty minutes, and then they disappeared. Right. Yeah, he was very interested in how it worked because you know his life is very different. Yeah. And, you know, our kids did have um, you know an educational day a week at. Um, their, what would we call it, their enrichment center. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of had timelines where they did stuff, but it, it, it was, it was very different. Though. And there's no yeah. bell ringing to tell them where oh, to I go. Know. You know, yeah. it's very different. Can you hear the bells here? Um, I feel like I've heard maybe announcements. Okay. It would be fun to I don't do know. one maybe day one, where yeah. you abide by the bells. I think just so the Montessori know. may not have bells, <laughs> okay. but the old elementary school I used to live next to did, and sometimes they were set on holidays, too, and you'd no. hear the bells go off on holidays. Yeah, Crazy. The yeah. Well, yeah, you, were ex- you were explaining to me about that conversation, and then um, you, either you or your husband were like, yeah, it was like he was at a zoo. Yeah. <laughs> like, looking looking through the bars. <laughs> wild animals doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. These other children, that's and so then funny. he came right back in and played a game. Yeah, you know? okay. <laughs> just that's the kind of that's what we're talking about, right? Like yeah. the they just they they do know that they have it great, but they are take they are able to take it for granted because you know they're not going through something harder. They're yeah. not going through something that's. I'm not intentionally asking them to do something that's too challenging or too much to ask yeah well and it's not even academically that I'm worried about that it's like the emotional yeah you know the um the eight hours of potentially being bullied by someone or or being the bully or the eight hours of not knowing a soul for the first couple weeks they start a new class I mean I can't even imagine I mean yeah I'm sure that builds some strength and some grit in a different way but um I don't know. I, I feel like the homeschool kids that I've met that are grown don't lack grit and strength and security. No. Uh-uh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they were able to come about that, not because they had to, but because they were able to in a safe and encouraging environment. Yeah. And, you know, along those same lines, imagine kids who like to dive into tasks, you know, kids who, who have long attention spans and mm-hmm. want to spend time and constantly have this bell telling them, nope, time to move on, nope, time to move on, yeah. nope, you know, and that's just not conducive to everybody's version of magical learning. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I mean, when you think about it, um, being, th- I was just thinking we were watching dogs swimming today on YouTube. Um, that was how we started off our, our school time. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. And, um, <clears throat> And I was telling them how we used to throw our dog in the pool to kind of give him a bath. Right. And no matter how he lands, he would start paddling and right. turn towards the, the, the stairs to get out and get over there. Um, so I was just thinking of that when you're like some, some people get thrown into the pool, right. not even knowing if they can swim and where the ladder is. And right. then some kids get swim lessons and right. get the, the training and everything of how to deal with that hardship. And can become really great swimmers. Right. And, and the other ones could too. Right. But it's m- much more like traumatic and unnecessary. Right. And, the, you know, I think that this idea of the able to take it for granted, they know where their strength comes from too. You know, they've had a home that's always been secure for them. And so they have a really good foundation of, of what strength looks like and, and what commitment looks like. Maybe they wouldn't have been able to articulate it until they go through something hard yeah. or choose a harder path. But I think it becomes very obvious to them that there was sacrifice involved in these other things, you know, and it was a gift to them. I don't think that they, most homeschooled kids don't look back and think of it as, you know, 
a terrible experience right. or, you know, the things that they are now not capable of doing. Yeah. You know, well, I you start interviewing yeah. people and, and you may have one or two that come back and say they it wasn't just, right for them. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know that I've met a homeschool kid or adult say that they wish they hadn't been homeschooled. Yeah. And I strongly think that the negative responses to homeschooling may have a lot more to do with the atmosphere in their home, mm-hmm. just based on what I heard. However, I also interviewed siblings and they had very different experiences, oh, yeah. but it's possible that there were other factors. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, I just want to, um, oh, there's this other really great, there's two quotes I want to read. Um, one is when the tears come, the lessons done. And then here's another little yes. thing for that. When the tears come, it's time for love. Yes. So I need to like tattoo that on my, um, wrist Ugh, because I definitely fail at that. When the tears come, I'm like, all right, all right. Now we can push through this. Like you just have the rest of the page. Cause I'm an endurance swimmer, right? Right. You can, you can push through this. You can, you know, and it's like, Maybe I just need to give them some love. Right. You know what I mean? And But that's not my go-to in my less compassionate personality that totally. I am. So um, so it's like, yeah, like I, I need to put that somewhere. I'm tape it to my table or, oh, or something. Mirror. I know, I know. <laughs> but I thought that was really good, you know. And, and she's not saying people shouldn't do things that are hard. But no. she's saying like by the time they're crying, you think they're going to learn? Like right. they're not going to learn. So I get very, um, anxious and expect a lot of sitting still, which is something I really try not to expect, uh-huh. but it's hard for me. And then right now I have a three-year-old attending all of the lessons who's talking constantly Oh yeah, talking. And so I, my brain is working really hard to not be a, a, like anxious about the sounds Oh yeah, the sounds. We already talked about that one, but he, um, he's, he's totally independently playing, but he's doing it right next to where we're reading and he refuses to talk in a softer voice, like just straight up won't do it. And it's just so funny because I'm like, okay, I need to like not let that bother me so I can stay patient with my lesson. But then I find my daughter's slouching or she's not writing as neatly as I would like her to. Cause I don't expect much in the way right. of handwriting and that kind of thing. So I'm like, okay, we're sitting here for 30 minutes. Surely we can sit up, we can stay focused, you know, but I want it to be magical and I want us I to enjoy it. Yeah. And so, and I strongly, have you heard me all of these like previous I podcasts? Totally. Yeah. I strongly believe that kids, it's not a one size fits all. They should not be expected to sit still and learn. And here I am being overstimulated. And so then what's my first go-to is sit up, you know, yeah, like, why are you totally. slouching? And yeah. why are you writing like that? You know, you're, you're laying down and writing that doesn't work. You know, and, I know oh, it's such a I'm natural sorry. thing that we do. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and that's why I like books like this, you know, right. or even just an article, you know, anything right. like that to just refresh our brains and our, and just remind us who we are, what we really think. Right. And when we're tired, we do resort to those things, you know, or like me, when I'm trying to get through something, right. I forget that they're a child even, you know, right. and it's like, you let's just finish the page. You have three more problems to do just to finish it. Like, right. even if your tears are dropping on the page, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, so yeah. Okay. So I have a, a one last quote I want to read. <laughs> So she's talking about how, oh, I'll just, can I just read the paragraph? Go for it. Okay. I don't want to explain it. By the time I do, I would have been done reading. Okay. One brave writer, oh, so brave writer, which you'll mention in a little Mm -hmm. bit. um, uh, One brave writer mom shared with me that during a challenging season of life, she turned to our program to support her in teaching writing to her girls. The next thing you know, her unschooling community declared that she was not a quote unquote real unschooler because she had purchased a curriculum to help instruct her children in writing. She wrote in a fit of brilliance, quote, I wanted to say to them, we aren't unschoolers, we're us schoolers. We homeschool in a way that suits us. That's perfect. And yeah, and that's basically what you and I have been talking about the whole time. Right. No matter what methodology or philosophy we pick, we do it because we're doing us schooling. Absolutely. Like what fits us and our kids and 
and just our lifestyle in general. That's such a good one. We should go and change everything to us schooling. Totally. Because, you know, I still think I fall somewhere between unschool oh, and totally. eclectic. Yeah. You know, and yeah. then just today I was on Facebook and I can't remember which group it was, but somebody was asking how many unschoolers are in this group and, oh, yeah, and what does that, that look like? And yeah. then the first response that was highlighted for me to look at was, well, most of these responses are not real unschoolers. Oh, yeah. And as much as I love to think of the homeschool community being super supportive and special and unique, there's still people who are such purists that they're unwilling to like accept somebody, something different. Yeah. Well, you know? and it's like that for every philosophy, right? Whole, totally. Oh, you're not really a classical model because you're not learning Latin and Greek, right. you know, or you're not really a, okay, fine. You're a right. Charlotte Mason because you're not doing copy work. Right. You know, it, it's, um, so yeah, the escalating, let's do that, Jesse. I let's, like it. For let's, us um, yeah, let's figure out how to, and, and we'll give, we'll give Bogart credit. Yeah, right. Actually, this woman, right. she didn't even write her name. Right. <laughs> this woman gets credit. Definitely. I like <laughs> that we're it. us schooling. We're us schoolers. Love it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just looking at this page again, it, it reminded me like you talking about the last part. The last part is really nurturing. It's very good because it just reminds you, yeah, it's easy to talk about all this magic and there's tons of great ideas, but mm -hmm. if you can't provide an atmosphere to make that work, then we need to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, cause she even touches on like, if you have depression or there's been a yeah. death in the family or whatever, like, yeah. You know, that's going to affect everything. Yeah. And, um, you have to accept it, live yeah. in that reality, work through that. I mean, kids should see that, yeah, you, you totally. know, to some extent at least, yeah. and, and be able to be there and support you and work through that. And then... Yeah. And know, then when you look forward. back, you might see it all as magical. Right. Because it, they went through something real. And you're not you trying know? to force something because right. as we know, as soon as you're forcing it, it takes all the magic away. So even if you're just letting whatever happens naturally through those times happen, that's enough. Yeah. I mean, that's when you, I, I think I talk so much about loving what they learn in free time because it releases me right. from feeling bad about all the hours right. that I'm, I'm not engaging with them. Or I say, I need to get something done. Like you were right. just saying, I don't know how you get anything done. Cause I'm like, if you come talk to me, I, we're going to sit down with workbooks. Right. And then they're like, Oh, right. Oh. <laughs> like, it's like great. we won't, right. we won't see you the rest of the day, right. you know? So, and they're old enough to do that. Yeah. My yeah. three-year-old's not quite yeah. there yet. Yeah. But in but, a couple of years. Oh yeah. I'll share this later. It's my joy. So never mind. So, um, so that's all I have. And I really enjoyed the book and it was great. It was fun to read light. Yeah. You know, it wasn't all these big words I had yeah. to look up. And what I really loved is this book led me to look into The Brave Writer. Yeah, let's hear and about it. Yeah, well, I haven't personally invested in it yet, but it's something I have on the back burner for my daughter who loves to oh, write. Yeah. But yeah. she's kind of between levels or just sort of a unique writer for her age. And so mm -hmm. it's hard to find this one size fits all option. So I think it may be something where I'm going to take the course. So she oh, offers great idea. a course to help educators become good writing coaches. Ooh. And then alternatively, she offers online writing courses. So your kids can take the courses, um, the age appropriate or developmentally appropriate courses directly from her and her team online. Mm -hmm. So it's this great program helping um, the development of writing come along. Mm -hmm. So learning the appropriate times to kind of put different ideas in. So like the five to eight range is considered the jotted down, you know, oh. so even just like words, you know, and ideas, but to just start the idea of being able to write and not talking about answering workbook questions, right, but just right. to kind of free write. And then, um, the age bracket that Sophia would be in is the nine to 11 and it's called partnership writing. And even as I was reading it, that description didn't really fit where she's at. However, the problem is, is she doesn't know all of that. Oh, it yeah. just doesn't describe the things that it wants to strengthen in them. And so it's hard to want to bump her up to like a 12. I know. And, yeah. So we're kind of in that weird stage because she still needs refinement on her writing or to learn different things but not necessarily what that outlined. But without exploring further, that could have just been the overview and the simplification of what they learn. Well, it's like for Matthew C., you know, when mm -hmm. you're switching to a new curriculum, you don't know what the different curriculum's covering. Right. So I, I had my kids go basically back right. and, and start 
you know, probably a grade level below if you want to do that. I don't sure. know. Sure. Yeah. And, um, and then I just moved them as fast as, as they understood. They if, if anything yeah. felt challenging, then I was like, oh, okay, well, we'll work on we'll it. spend two days on it then yeah. instead of one. Right. You know? And that's the thing. Every curriculum focuses on different things. Yeah. And so without exploring what is truly in each level, I don't know, I know if it's, yeah. a, you know, she's is it really very, comfortable or not. Is it very expensive? It's not very expensive. And so that's why I'm exploring the opportunity to maybe go through it myself. Yeah. And so then I would be able to kind of coach her through all the levels, which would be more expensive. Maybe you could to do it. a training course for myself. Well, maybe you could also do it as like a co-op offer to the Ooh, rest of yeah. us. And then we help defer that, not defer, or defray, offset, offset <laughs> that cost. I like all the other words, though. I mean, potpourri, you know. <laughs> it's all good. Um, so, yeah, um, I, we could ho- help offset that sure. cost if we all we're, value we're, yeah, we're getting yeah. Um, something from it. And it wouldn't be as good as taking the course in that. You're not going to, like, just reteach the course. But right. you could probably lead us in some activities and, totally. and offer some yeah. coaching. And then... It's our next ret- retreat idea. Yeah. Just... Oh, that's a great idea. <laughs> anyway, so... Um, oh, well, and I think she has a podcast called The Brave mm-hmm. Writer, right? Yeah. And then she, she started... Yeah, she's, the Brave Writer is definitely, you know, her offering. So The Brave Learner is just kind of her book about her own experiences and what really worked and what she has come across as being helpful to other homeschool families. Mm-hmm. But the brave writer is what she sells and what she puts her energy into. Yeah. And I love it when an author, a published author is teaching writing. Totally. Versus some someone who just knows the skills and sure. puts them in a workbook. Right. You know, the, there's value than an in English that. English major. Or, yeah. Yeah. But the fact that like she's gone through the editing process a couple right. times, she's been with an editor. So... That would really make sense for for daughters like ours, right. who who might see this in their future, right? You know, so. All right, so that was the brave learner, yes. and I hope we did it justice. <laughs> but if if any of this piques your interest, be sure to check it out. Definitely. Okay, so let's talk about our joys. Okay, I'll, I'll go. Yes. Okay, so um, we have a a a, a habit. Or a practice of when an ambulance goes by, we pray for it in the right. car out loud. So it was really sweet. Um, or did I already talk about this? I don't think so. Okay. Um, I've told. I must have told somebody the story. So. Okay. Um, but it was really sweet because um, the other day when an ambulance was going by, usually I just pray out mm-hmm. loud, and and I was like, oh, who wants to pray for the ambulance? And my ten-year-old son said, I will. Aww. And he wasn't like, I will. He was like, right. I will. And his prayer was just precious. It was so thoughtful and so sweet of who was in the ambulance, the people working on the person in the ambulance, and then the 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 person's extended or family, extended family, like and um, praying for comfort and hope and that they know Jesus. And it was just really sweet. sweet. Yeah, so it brought me joy. That's excellent. Okay, so I alluded to mine kind of before, but um, what's been really neat is. Um, this particular week, my kids have come up with this, their own unique game that they like to play together. Cause so it's hard because, you know, my son is definitely getting old enough to kind of keep up and to play pretend, Mm -hmm. but he's, when it's just the two of my kids at home, that's not always an activity that my daughter is as interested in. You know, when we're with the cousins, that's fine. You know, because mm-hmm. they're all playing, and so she gets right. more stimulation. Uh-huh. But when it's just her and her little baby brother, it's not quite as exciting to come up with a game. And some, I, they've totally come up with their own things in the past, but this was different level. And so um, she started this thing. She made up a club. Then she gave it an acronym name. And then she asked Augie if he wanted to be involved, and he said yes. And then they go off to the playroom, they dig through the costume boxes, and they come back out wearing costumes. He's just copying everything she's doing. And like, she gives him the name Senor A. (laughs) And she's a, what is she? Commander, Chief Commander. Cute. Wearing her her She Ra head head piece. Yeah. And so then when she has to go do something, she gives him the headpiece. So this is now an ongoing game. Mm-hmm. And so then she gives him the headpiece to be chief commander 
an interim chief commander while she goes and she pretends to be Sophia while she does something else. Cute. It's really cute. It's really sweet. And we were just reminding her, like, he's always looking to you, you know, and he's very lucky to have a big sister like you. And these are really special moments for him, you know, and so it's just really sweet to see because that infiltrated our day a little bit today off and on, you know, so whenever um, she had free time, like, that's what they would jump to. She'd be reading her book and then he'd come and ask her something and she'd go, okay, let's play this. And then they went and they, they um, ambushed their dad in, the, in his office today at, with this game. And yeah, it's just really cute. And so he likes to say that the acronym is DTB, but then last night at dinner it became DITABA. Oh, cute. So now he goes around going DITABA. And Really well, sweet. I'm seeing the light Super at the joyful. end of your tunnel of, yes. of being able to <laughs> eventually there. have free time yes. and getting yeah. there. Yeah, I always thought uh, uh, single child families don't know how hard they have it <laughs> because the the having more than one, they will eventually play together, right. and then you do have your own time, right. you know. But um, but to have one that needs your you to play the game with them all the time, right. you to do dress up with them, right? You know um, that can be really exhausting, especially so if exhausting. you're an older parent. You right. Know? And then even just being like asking the older sibling to help out once in a while, like I just need to go and take a shower. Can you keep an eye on them? You know that's a lot to ask of an eight year old, almost mm-hmm. nine year old, but. It's not so bad. You know what I mean? Like now when they can play something and yeah. mutually enjoy that time, yeah. now it's easier. So yeah. of and course that's when get I was getting fun. ready today, you know? Yeah. So maybe someday I'll get time where I can read a book. Yeah. Yeah. We'll no, see. that's fun. And then the joy, of course, what that brings. And oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's just sweet a- to watch them have their own relationship. This was not a game I suggested. Right. This isn't anything to do with me or their dad. This was them together coming up with this own th- their own thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's just sweet. I like to see well, that. Well, yeah. And I, I just remember, um, it would grieve other family members of ours that are older to always play together. But I was like, just wait. I oh, know yeah. when our little one, she gets a little older, the girl, since my middle and younger are girls, they will eventually mm-hmm. really connect. It's just not right now. And right. now that the youngest yeah. is six, now we're seeing that. Now right. they are playing together actually more now than her with the oldest yeah. and because they want to play the same games and with the same toys and you know yeah. with the same friends who are girls you yeah. know the so. phases are definitely interesting you know mm-hmm. and I'm sure as soon as mine is more of a preteen that'll shift again yeah you know and Augie's only going to be you know five years old and she might love different. having a little minion though you know yeah <laughs> we'll see yeah We'll see. We'll see how he handles it. Yeah. You know, because if he's an obnoxious minion, it yeah. may not be worth it. Yeah. Well. Yes. All right. That's part of the magic, isn't it? Absolutely. All the change, all the changes, all the the different stages of life. It's and we get to be there for all of it. Yes. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. All, all right. right. There's the brave learner.